0: While the words ricocheted in the Grand Dome, Hashim kept his head low and said a silent prayer asking for mercy like he had done thousands of times since realizing he was gay. My name is Henrik Milenius, and I'm the author of the Rise Up trilogy, a young adult coming of age story about Hashim, Alex and Marian confronting real life issues like climate change, corrupt politics, animal cruelty and racial and gender equity. This sweetly serialized audiobook podcast is narrated by Scott Summers. 21. Hashim checked the backside of his jeans and squinted, as it was getting dark already. Switching on the floor lamp, he saw several stains between the pockets. I can't wear this. Look at them, he said to Alex and licked his lips. His mouth was getting awfully dry. Alex opened the closet door and took out a fresh pair of jeans. Why don't you try these on? Hashim pulled the waistline to his midriff, but it fell about two inches too short. I don't think they fit, he said, lowering his voice to a whisper. What's wrong with those sweatpants? They're clean. It's a sign of respect to dress up properly, Miriam cut in, standing by the doorway. She had volunteered to come for moral support as Dad was due to arrive in an hour. As Alex touched him on the shoulder, Hashim stirred as though an electric shock had gone through his body. Hey, everything's going to be alright, Alex said and drew his hand back. Since learning the news from Alex about his father, his moods had altered between the extremes. One minute, he was full of hope, thinking it was not the end as he had always imagined. However, a few seconds later, he would fall in the well of despair is there anything I can do to help? Alex said. I'm sorry. It's just that, what if he says he doesn't want to see me ever again? Alex took a step closer. Your father wouldn't say that. How do you know? He's a kind man, Alex said. I never have seen him being anything but. Besides, he's a doctor, a man of science, Miriam added. He must know that being gay is not a choice. Eyebrows drawing closer, Hashim twisted and turned his wrist. How did he sound on the phone? He was very worried about you. Listen, he's going to be here soon. Do you want to watch some videos to get your mind off things? Hashim looked outside. The sun had already gone down between two tall buildings in the west. Do you mind if I say my prayers? Not at all. Please, do. The hardness in Hashim's face dissolved into a light smile. While Hashim was reciting the Salat al-Maghrib, the sunset prayer, Hashim's father was trying to open a Tupperware without spilling the beans. The top was jammed, and that presented a major problem. Like a typical Egyptian man, he barely knew how to boil an egg. The microwave oven was the only one he could handle, and that was enough. Hashim's mother had prepared plenty of food for the small engagement party that was supposed to take place later that evening. When he finally got the top off, he spooned half the dried fava bean dish on a plate next to hummus, pita, and tomato. Then, he took two Xanax pills, grinded them, and sprinkled the fine powder on the hummus and mixed. Heavy curtains blocked the sunlight as Hashim's mother lay sprawled on their supersized bed, watching an Egyptian soap opera from an Arabic cable service. The framed photo of their son on the night table had been turned face down. He swept away a mountain of tear-drenched tissues, sat down, and placed the tray between him and his wife. He grabbed the remote control and lowered the volume to normal levels. Please, eat something, he said in a soft voice, reaching for her hand. He deliberately spoke in English, not in their native tongue. Egyptian Arabic. Since they had immigrated to the United States 20 years earlier, Hashim's father had insisted that they would use English, even at home. He wanted his family to become American. However, his wife still got mad only in her native tongue. Therefore, she hadn't uttered a word of English since she had thrown out their son. Hashim's father leaned back on the cushions and watched TV for a few minutes with his wife. In this episode of A Popular Egyptian Soap, a middle-aged woman had been stabbed and then run over by the bus as she escaped her deranged husband. Nonetheless, her makeup was perfect as she woke up in the hospital bed the following morning. He noticed his wife glancing at the food as she dabbed her eyes with the tissue. He stood up and left the room. He knew the plate would be empty in no time. Perhaps a half an hour more and the Xanax yet mixed with the food would take effect. She would be out cold. Hashim gazed out of Alex's bedroom window. The view was less spectacular than from his tenth floor bedroom, but he liked this one too. Somehow, it felt more real. The concrete wall of the next building showed signs of decay, with dark marks running along the seams. The balcony had haphazard collections of plastic chairs and tables, unlike the color-coordinated ensembles of garden furniture in his neighborhood. As always, the praying had calmed his mind, and he was able to think straight again. Why had his father given him a book by Rumi? According to the imam, Rumi was an infidel, along with the other famous Sufi masters. The poems were all about joy, love, and playfulness, mixed with wisdom that really appealed to him. Also, the concept of letting go struck a chord. Maybe that was what he needed to do right now no matter how much it hurt, let go of his family. Although he had a very hard time understanding why the all-merciful God would want him to be separated from his family. The doorbell rang. It must be Dad. Wringing his hands, Hashim could feel his heart getting heavier. What if this was it? A bitter goodbye and he would never see his father again. Besides, he was still wearing sweatpants. None of Alex's jeans would fit him. Let go, he said to himself and wiped his face. Everything is going to be all right, inshallah. Coming out of the room, Hashim saw his father standing in the corridor, holding a large suitcase. He put it down and studied Hashim's face. Hashim felt an itch to fidget, but fought the urge. Seeing his pallid face, Hashim could sense how worried he must have been. A lump formed in Hashim's throat. Then Dad took a step forward and said, as alaykum. Wa alaykum Shalam Hashim answered and threw himself into his father's open arms. I'm so sorry. Dad leaned back to take a better look at his son. I know you are. I never wanted this. I never wanted to be. Hashim bowed his head, his chin quivering. Homosexual? You can say it. I've tried so hard not to be one. A homosexual, I mean. Hashim raised his eyes and shuffled a step back, but his father's face showed no sign of disgust. I know you did. Now, I can see it, his father said, nodding his head. I've never done anything, though. I mean, I've never touched a man, Hashim said and swallowed hard. That's good. You're still young but being homosexual is not your fault. Hashim jerks his head back. You think so? Father took a step closer and put his hands on his son's shoulder. I know so. I'm a doctor, a medical doctor. Homosexuality is not a choice. It's something you were born with. His eyes sparkling and tears running down his cheeks, Hashim tried to say something, but nothing came out. Then he just threw himself back into his father's arms, nearly knocking him down. Hashim watched silently as Alex explained to dad about the aunt living in Queens. He really appreciated Alex making an effort to carry the conversation as they sat around the kitchen table. Out of respect for his father, he didn't want to get straight to the point. It was a very serious matter, and in his culture, such things should never be rushed. The empty feeling in his stomach was gone, but he had to keep his hands clasped together in order to stop the twitching in his muscles. They were very close, my mom and her, Alex said. Dad nodded. It was already dark outside, and Miriam had found a few candles to make the kitchen look cozier. Alex's dad had already left for one of his meetings. The window was open, and a gentle night breeze brought in fresh air. She has invited me many times, but, Alex continued before trailing off. Hashim scooted closer, laid his palm on Alex's hand, and squeezed it. He needed to take care of his dad, he said in a husky voice. Ah, yes, I understand. You've been a good son, a very good son. The soft light from the candle made Dad's face so ageless and wise. To Hashim, his father seemed so composed, so calm. Since his arrival, his behavior had been unexpected. Gone were the absent-mindedness and the nervousness. What had happened to them in the first place? When did they lose the connection they once had? When Hashim was younger, he used to love when his father would tell stories of their family back in Egypt, or would sit by his bedside and read aloud from the Arabian Nights, a famous compilation of tales from the Islamic Golden Age. With a mischievous glint in his eye, Dad said, Most people don't know this, but for 1,000 years it was considered normal in the Islamic world for men to write love poems to beautiful teenage boys like the ancient Greeks did. Hashim stared at his father with his mouth open. He wasn't sure he had heard right. And even if he had, it didn't make sense. He tilted his head sideways and frowned. Could you say that again, please? The lion's share of Arab love poetry was about bearded men writing verses to beardless men. Although I have to add that, more often than not, this love was unintentional, chaste, and unrequited. The mystics especially regarded the beauty of young men to be an attribute of God. Hashim rubbed his neck. He had a hard time sitting still. His mind was busy trying to make sense of what he had just heard. He didn't know if he should be happy or sad, angry or disappointed, or all of the above. So, you say that the building of our two great civilizations was fueled by boy love? Alex said and grinned. Dad put down his tea mug. Yes, and only two centuries ago, many Western travelers in the Arab world were shocked and disgusted by this lax attitude the locals held toward the Greek love. The tables have turned, Miriam said, rubbing her arm absently. Dad nodded. Yes, indeed. Taking quick, short breaths, Hashim blurted, But what? What happened? What changed? The Industrial Revolution happened. The emerging Arab elite saw the enormous growth in wealth in the West and got inspired. Along with other, modern ideas came the Victorian morality. As we know, anything outside procreative sex was strictly prohibited in 19th century England. What a bummer, Alex said. First, there was a silence, but before long, everybody was laughing. In the new editions of the Poetry Classics, the Egyptian editors changed the object of desire from male to female, as the French translators had done a hundred years earlier. Or... They simply made some stories disappear, like they did to the new editions of the Arabian Nights. If you want to find them, you need to get yourself an edition that was published before nineteen thirty. That's hilarious, Alex said. Yes, if it wasn't so sad at the same time. It was like the death rattle of a great civilization that once led the world in science, arts, and tolerance. Thank you for listening to the Rise Up Trilogy podcast. For more information, go to my website, henrikvillenius.com.